Okay, so it's just to add as well that when I'm saying some of these words as I'm reading and finding out what's going on, um, I may have said chala for the bread, which is hala for the bread. <laughs> just want to mention that. And so there's a hala um, recipe that is on this as well. So you can just click the link and also the honey um, cake to the recipe for that is on this um, in the description box for this entire broadcast as well. So I just give thanks um, for this opportunity for the um, unity with God for this broadcast capability too for all that I have learned and all that I have been able to um, put out there for us the wisdom as well to understand this is ascension so to know and to have compassion with each other ourselves but to know that this is building us up um, in ascension that as there are points of um, recognition in terms of areas that there is a building on top of each one and a changing in a new piece of progress in unity at each point so the level of wisdom to comprehend that as well as we travel up, which some people say is like Jacob's Ladder, but that ascension point. And so um, today we've had the Rosary Novena and we have also had the um, the marriage a discussion. And that came from lots of my own basically work through Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit at my level and also with the Catholic Church and other um, views but mostly between the Holy Spirit and ascended level so a reformed level from the Catholic Church and the Catholic Church and just how um, you know there are very beautiful value sets within the Catholic Church but looking at a higher kind of level in um, reformation you know once you ascend once you truly say yes to God what that means there's also a lot of um promptings i can hear sky barking there's promptings in there to prompt you um to prompt me to prompt all human beings on what it is that they truly believe and what they stand upon how close are they with the holy spirit and how much have they maybe made an idol out of um, an organization or something else and put that first now, that is a testing point to put God first, to truly believe and to take Hebrews 10 seriously. So it's done in love. It's, um, I very much love the Catholic Church. I love the Reformed Church, but we can't love the Reformed Church truly unless we love the basis and how things started. So we've even got to have an understanding from the background of Jesus and the Jewish religion and how he went against um, different types of traditions and rituals to bring people into ascension and how um, that's part of, for some of you, that's going to be part of your reality that you have to ascend these different things um, in order to be in the new creation. So we look a lot at that. And, um, you know, we, speaking of the Jewish religion, this has been um, Rosh Hashanah would be um, the new year over the weekend there what an, an amazing beautiful time the weather's been brilliant and do you know I can see that 
yes, there are some people that have taken it seriously. They've gone to Christ. They have um, taken Christ seriously in terms of their saviour. But I don't know if a lot really have. I get a sense and a feeling that, and it's six o'clock here as this um, device lights up. I have a feeling that some people still question and are still questioning God and their place with God at this time. Because on the lead up, traditionally, um, now to Yom Kippur, there is this time of atonement, 10 days. And then, you know, what do we have here? Let's look into it a little bit more. Okay, so we've just had Rosh Hashanah. Okay, and, oh, so there is a feast of Gedalia. Um, I didn't really know about that. So Rosh Hashanah obviously is the Jewish New Year. It's the anniversary of the creation of Adam and Eve. We, with the Savior of Jesus Christ, look upon the new creation and look at it at a higher level. Um, but today is actually a feast day for the Jewish um, people. And, oh, so what it involves is a fast. Sorry, I said feast. It's a fast of Gedalia. So that'll be why... <clears throat> why it feels like this okay so the fast is um also including a reading of exodus 32 11 to 14 and exodus 34 1 to 10 i'm gonna go straight to those right now hmm given me something else that is not okay so it's got a different link it's it's you know their organization has a link which doesn't open to exodus it says exodus but the link actually goes to Deut deuteronomy um, instead so we'll go to exodus because that's what it says exodus and then find out 32 11 to 14 exodus 32 okay i'm gonna go for kgv okay and Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people, Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Okay, so it's a very, very interesting um, one because it's showing a, a reciprocal nature with God and it's it's almost like begging or asking God's um, forgiveness, but 
more than that, it's actually seeing that they deserve forgiveness and uh, asking instead that God would repent. Goodness gracious. So that's the first one um, of the Torah reading. And then the next part of Torah reading is 34, Exodus 34. Exodus 34, 1 to 10. Right, KGB. Okay. And the Lord said unto Moses, Hear thee two tables of stone, link unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest, and be ready in the morning, and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai, and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. And he hewed two tables of stone, link unto the first, and Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took into his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Right. Um, and then what they do is there is uh, the Jewish history with regards to this. And I'm going to read it out. It's the assassination of Gedaliah, 423 BCE. <clears throat> Tishri 3rd is a fast day, mourning the assass- assassination of the Jewish royal Gedaliah ben Akahi. Akikam, governor of the land of Israel, for a short period following the destruction of the first temple. Gedaliah's killing spelled the end of the small remnant of a Jewish community that remained in the Holy Land after the destruction. They soon fled to Egypt. According to many opinions, the assassination of Gedaliah actually occurred on Rosh Hashanah, but the commemoration of the event is postponed to the day after the festival. Okay. And the fast, um, it talks about other items which happened on this day as well that um, the Jewish community mourn. 
and then there are laws and customs. The fast of Gedalia is the morning, the killing of Gedalia. And they abstain from food and drink from dawn to nightfall. Selkot prayers are included in the morning prayer. There's 10 days of repentance. So the 10 day period beginning on Rosh Hashanah and ending on Yom Kippur is known as the 10 days of repentance. This is the period, say the sages, of which the prophet speaks when he proclaims Isaiah. Seek God when he is to be found, call on him when he is near. In Psalm 130, Avenue Malakinu, and other special inserts and additions are included in our daily prayers during these days. I'm going to go to Psalm 130. It is quite a dark and dismal, not entirely dark and dismal, but mm, just not being what it's it's been like. It's um, it was amazing over Rosh Hashanah. Um, and I will look at one hundred and thirty. Okay, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine eyes be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, O Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for the Lord there is mercy. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So this is um happening today and then um of course the days of repentance so Psalm 130 and oh and then there's also other Psalms additional chapters of Psalms each day from the first of Elul until Yom Kippur and on Yom Kippur the remaining 36 chapters are recited thereby completing the entire book of Psalms. Okay, I love the book of Psalms. Um, okay, so daily, basically there's a daily study that is set out and there is, oh, there is Deuteronomy, so maybe that's why that link was there. 32, 7, 32 to 12. And then chapters 18 to 22 of the Psalms. End of the Epistle 19. Okay, and then there's other parts of the Torah. Um, and the daily, there's a daily thought as well, but I'm going to read Deuteronomy. Remember the days of old. Reflect upon the years of other generations. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will inform you. Hmm.
Okay, so I'm just looking here. Mm. <clears throat> the final point. So the Lord guided them alone and there was no alien deity with them. This is all Exodus coming out of Egypt. Not one of the deities of the nations had the power to display its might and to wage war with them, with Israel. Our rabbis, however, explained um, this whole verse as referring to the future. So the Lord will guide them. But I say that these are words of reproof. Moses called upon heaven and earth as witnesses. And this song would also be a witness that eventually Israel would betray God and they would neither remember what God did for them in the past generations, nor would they bear in mind what he was destined to do to them. Hence, this verse should be understood to refer to both the past and the future. And therefore, this whole passage is a propos um, of the phrase, remember the days of old, reflect upon the years of other generations. Verse 7, thus God did for them and thus will he do for them in the future. The passage is admonishing Israel. They should have remembered all this. <clears throat> okay, so in any case, um, it's about admonishment today. So it does, the weather is reflecting that, I must admit. And I do feel and sense that even before I had read all this about what's going on for our brothers and sisters in um, uh, the Jewish religion um, in that realm at the moment so that's what's going on but obviously there is um, a call from God which was um, to put God first and to remain in Rosh Hashanah and there wasn't to be that separation there um, in terms of the head and in terms of the Holy Spirit which is you know, that there is no chauffeur sounding blasts um, in terms of actually people doing that um, because of the, the way that it's fallen over the, I was going to say Shabbath, the, the Sabbath. So because of that, they wouldn't do that this year. And that for them signifies like a really important time. But to come from this, as they see this, um, is a kind of, um, a very important point for Israel that there is going to be something major changing in this because of the way that this year has started off and that there has been no blowing of any trumpets. It is just, it is that God simply is and God simply has a victory. So there's a, a realignment there and that really has that opportunity opening up for people to truly um, embrace God um, through Jesus Christ as their saviour. So that's what we've got but also what they look at today in um the jewish religion is thoughts on forgiveness and embrace it says yom kippur is a day of forgiveness for those who return but then every day is a day of forgiveness for those who return yet yom kippur is an entirely different story because on any other day when a soul returns her misdeeds are discarded on yom kippur when a soul returns she is held in tight embrace Within the fire of that embrace, there never were any misdeeds. Wow. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm also getting the fact that, um, you know, there are going to be different things going on. God asks us, obviously, to accept his saviour, Jesus Christ. And, of course, we do that 
there are people in the Jewish religion at the moment going through different things and they have got, um, as we say, Yom Kippur coming up and there's Days of Atonement, etc. And during the weekend of the 27th and 28th, there are restrictions, like huge restrictions on people's, um, you know, activities and how they go about things um um so i've got an overview here from chabad.org an overview of yom kippur laws and um you know the torah instructs them to afflict themselves which means abstaining from an assortment of physical pleasures there are two reasons for this on this day when our connection to god is brought to the fore we are compared to angels who have no physical needs. We afflict ourselves to demonstrate the extent of our regret for our past misdeeds, it says here. Um, and there's more of a, a mystical explanation. I'm going to click on it to find out. Um, hmm. And this shall be an everlasting statute for you. In the seventh statute for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls. In the world to come, there is neither eating nor drinking. The human being consists of a body and a soul, a physical envelope of flesh, blood, sinew and bone, inhabited and vitalised by a spiritual force described by the Chassidic masters as literally a part of God above. Common wisdom has it that spirit is loftier than matter and the soul holier, closer to the divine than the body. This conception seems to be borne out by the fact that Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, the day on which we achieve the height of intimacy with God, is ordained by the Torah. As a fast day, a day on which we seemingly abandon the body and its needs to devote ourselves exclusively to the spiritual activities of repentance and prayer. In truth, however, a fast day brings about a deeper rather more than a more distant relationship with the body. When a person eats, he is nourished by the food and drink he ingests. On a fast day, vitality comes from the body itself, from energy stored in its cells. In other words, on less holy days, it is an outside force, the energy in one's food and drink, that keeps body and soul together. On Yom Kippur, the union of body and soul derives from the body itself. Yom Kippur thus offers a taste of the culminating state of creation known as the world to come. The Talmud tells us that in the world to come, there is neither eating nor drinking. A statement that is sometimes understood to imply that in its ultimate and most perfect state, creation is holy, spiritual, devoid of bodies and all things physical. Kabbalistic and Chasidic teaching, however, describe the world to come as a world in which the physical dimension of existence is not abolished, but is preserved and elevated. The fact that there is neither eating or drinking in the world to come is not due to an absence of bodies and physical life, but to the fact that in this future world, the soul will be nourished by the body itself, and the symbiosis of matter and spirit that is man will not require any outside sources of nutrition to sustain it. And I'm not going to read it anymore, but you can get that on chabad.org, oblique library, oblique article, um underscore C D O oblique 
aid, oblique 2513, oblique Jewish, oblique reverse hyphen biology dot htm. Okay. <clears throat> so, instead of focusing on the physical, the majority of the day is spent in the synagogue, devoted to repentance and prayer. I've got to say, knowing me, obviously, I do like the fact of being as close to God as possible. Not necessarily, I wouldn't call it inflicting, afflict, sorry, afflicting, and I wouldn't call it repentance as much as I would call it more highly spiritual communion. There are five areas of pleasure that we avoid in Yom Kippur. What could be more pleasurable than actually being in alignment with God? Anyway, um, but there are five areas of pleasure that we avoid in Yom Kippur from sundown on the eve of the holiday until the following nightfall. Now, I think this is going to, you know, some people realise or recognise that there could be like a second lockdown. The um, amount of cases at the moment is absolutely tremendously high, but yet the amount of people that are actually suffering to any great extent is very low, though there shouldn't be any at all. It is very low. And I do believe this is not just because of um, immunity, which I wondered first, but I do think it's because of the level of warmth that there has been. It's not been as cold as would be expected normally. And we have had an extra window of opportunity to clear this up, I believe, by God, um, which is very holy. And we've been very lucky to have the amazing weather we've had. We're not likely to have that here in Scotland so much at the moment. It's a little bit cooler today, as I say, very much like the Jewish um, sort of day where, you know, there's morning today. It's, I did get a sense of that, although I'm not, you know, in the actual physical um, Jewish church in that way. I did certainly get a spiritual sense of something. Um, uh, as I always do, there's a deep... Uh, link there between this and the the Catholic Church as well as our Reformed Church, so very very deep. Um. Anyway. Um. So, in any case, I think that you know, this will link in well with what people are doing. Although they won't be maybe doing this in the same ways, they'll definitely um you know, be able to put more focus and attention to God because actually more people than just them will likely um, be cutting down on what they're doing, um, whether there's a lockdown then or not. But I can see that it would make sense. And anyway, so as you can see, some of the different things would um, also make sense for how um, people have to go about Yom Kippur. So as I say, there are five areas of pleasure that we avoid in Yom Kippur from sundown on the eve of the holiday until the following nightfall. Um, one is eating or drinking. I don't do this ever anymore. Wearing leather footwear. And the third one, I do certainly love to do. Um, bathing or washing. Now, I think there's going to be, there will have to be you have to, you really have to put God first, to be honest. But um, I think that if people are going to be in, if there's going to be a lockdown, you're not going to be uh, passing the same types of uh, things around. But there will be, you know, certainly where people are, are going to have to be outside because of the pandemic, I'd imagine that this one will have to be 
um, thought about more deeply. Um, so bathing or washing, um, usually in normal times for Yom Kippur is noted here, something that Jewish people don't do on this particular day. And also applying ointment, lotions or creams, engaging in any form of spousal intimacy. These all are restrictions unique to Yom Kippur. And we also abstain from all creative activities forbidden on the Shabbat, e.g. turning on lights, driving and carrying in the public domain. This is also customary not to wear gold jewellery on Yom Kippur, as gold is reminiscent of the sin of the golden calf. And on the Day of Atonement, the day when we were forgiven for the egregious egr oh, I don't know what that, um, anyway, don't usually say that word, egregious Egregious, egregious, egregious sin. Mm. Anyway, uh, we do not want to remind the prosecutor, in other words, Satan, of our past sins. Okay, so that's what um, Jewish people feel, is that if they have sinned um, before in the past, that, um, and please be gentle with yourself, because many people don't realise they have actually um done anything wrong it's only when you know because of the fall because of the rise again and um, people have to go through learning and things like that and they only realize after so things aren't a sin unless you did that on purpose um but in any case um there is mercy for you there and uh, through the grace of god and there is also jesus christ but please be compassionate with yourself anyway um, that's what Jewish people believe is that uh, they do not want to remind the prosecutor, in other words, Satan, of their sins. And then they have fasting. So the details of this are all adult, adults over bar or mitzvah, bat mitzvah, fast, including pregnant or nursing women. Healthy children should be educated to fast for a short amount of time, starting from the age of nine. They shouldn't be given to eat after sundown on the eve of Yom Kippur and their breakfast should be slightly delayed. Fasting on Yom Kippur is of utmost importance. This is true even if in order to fast a person must spend the entire day resting in bed and will miss synagogue services. Someone who is ill, a woman who has recently given birth, an individual who needs to take medication or a person of advanced age who feels it difficult to fast should consult with a rabbi. And we're not going to go on anymore, but basically there's instructions there um, to have like medical advice and things like that. Um, and there's different things that they can do and say. So before they fast, that's um, a lot of it. So it's mitzvah to fast on Yom Kippur, but it's also a mitzvah to feast the day before. Even if you will not be going to synagogue, you should still enjoy the traditional two meals the afternoon before the fast begins. As every year start both meals by dipping round challah into honey. Another food for this meal is kreplach, which um, they have as ground meat or chicken wrapped in dough and boiled in chicken soup. Um, hot tip, make enough so that you can refrigerate some and enjoy it the following night after the feast ends. Um, call family members, it's customary to do that. Um, and I'm wishing them a good uh, year, a good seal and a good year is what they do. Um, and then... Also ask for cake. What? Ask for cake? <laughs> Here's a beautiful home-based custom you may not be aware of. Bake a honey cake. Mm. And then have, or you could do agave. B 
bake an agave cake, for example, and then have everyone come and ask you for a piece? <laughs> the inner meaning, if God decrees that we must beg this coming year, let this sweet and harmless begging suffice. Hmm. And then dress up. Okay, wait a minute. Even though you will not be going to the synagogue, you should still dress up for Yom Kippur services. Okay. Um, ladies, be sure to wear as nice a skirt or dress as you would wear any other year. Gentlemen, if you wear a white kittel every year, do so this year as well. Same goes for your nice suit and, of course, your talit. Six, make sure you know when the fast starts and ends. Okay, and then you've got to light candles. Yom Kippur is a holiday. I'm not going to go on any further, but you understand what you have to do. I'm not going to, yeah, just going to leave that there. But um, you can get that on the Chabad site and have a look at it. Um, these are different kind of, you know, rituals and things that um, our Jewish brothers and sisters are going through. And I think that even although we have got the Saviour and we need to be obedient to Christ, I think there are some things in terms of what you call fasting, which I wouldn't really call fasting. I would call it more of an embrace of God more so. Um, so I concentrate on that side, like the positive side of it, like how close you're going to be to God rather than anything else. And just put that as a focus and see what kind of like uh, tails off as a result of that. Um, and uh, I always think that anything that we can do to be closer to God is very good. So Yom Kippur from that point of view is absolutely great. Um, and yeah. I feel that, th that God would want people and that, you know, I would command you, if you can actually, to sound the shofar on Yom Kippur after Yom Kippur as it would normally be sounded. Do that. And instead of looking at it um, as in uh, with that beforehand you were in doubt as to whether you had a saviour in God and in, in Christ. Be victorious about it and be confident and enjoy it and absolutely celebrate it. There's really great information on the sounding of the shofar as well. Um, the commemorating the jubilee, back in temple times they would blow the shofar on the Yom Kippur that ushered in the Jubilee, the 50th year. That shofar blast would signal that all slaves were free to go and all properties would return to their original owners. Now there is no Jubilee, but we still blow the shofar every Yom Kippur to commemorate what once was and to express our hopes for the future. Additionally, the shofar blast signifies that now, at the conclusion of Yom Kippur, our souls are freed from their sins. Victory and confusion. By the time Yom Kippur draws to a close, we are certain that we've been granted a sweet year. Like soldiers returning triumphant in battle, we blow the shofar to celebrate our victory over the prosecuting angel, also known as the Satan. This blowing of the shofar has the added value that it confounds the Satan as he prepares to resume his regular job, since it sounds uncannily similar to the great shofar that will herald the final redemption and put him out of business for good. Well, the final redemption is and stands 
with um, God and with Jesus Christ through the Saviour and saving grace. But I think that to waken people and to remind people's spirits and souls and waken them up further to this, that it would be a very good idea to sound the shofar. The Ascension of the Divine Presence. I'm not going to read any more of that. You can go and find out yourself. But I will read Time to Celebrate the Holiday. It's been an otherworldly experience and now we've come out the other end. The blowing of the shofar publicises to all that the evening following Yom Kippur is a holiday. And it's now time to celebrate the closeness we've achieved and the forgiveness we've secured during this awesome day. Indeed, it is a widespread custom to wish people good Yom Tov, happy holiday following the Yom Kippur, for this very reason. May we all be sealed for a sweet new year, is what Shabbat.org says. So I think absolutely um, that people should be um, going ahead and doing what they can, but looking at it more in more faith um, and coming to Christ and being at one there. But I also do believe certainly that people should be sounding the shofar. So we've got Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and then so obviously it ends on the nightfall of Monday the September 28th so then that would be the holidays from then and as you know and as I've shared here the, the God's divine promise uh, pr- providence um, I should say and promise definitely um, is that this 54 day novena falls upon Sukkot and that is kind of like, you know, as you come out of Yom Kippur and it begins on the sunset of Friday, October the 2nd. And of course, that is the weekend when my 54 day novena ends. It's on the Sunday that it ends. My goodness. Um. Anyway, so Sukkot ends nightfall of Friday, October the 9th. Wow. So there's no work permitted on October the 3rd and 4th. Gosh, well, that's when my uh, final weekend is as I said for my novena and then on October 5 to 9th goodness gracious this is drawing this is all drawing on um God is really drawing us to our Jewish brothers and sisters okay Hoshana Rabbah is October the 9th, 2020, the seven days of Sukkot celebrated by dwelling in the Sukkah, taking the four kinds and rejoicing. It is a holiday when we expose ourselves to the elements in covered huts, commemorating God's sheltering our ancestors as they travelled from Egypt to the promised land. The four kinds express our unity and our belief in God's omnipresence. Coming after the solemn high holidays, it is a time of joy and happiness. And there's a Sukkot site as well. How exciting! Oh my goodness, that's amazing. So you can go and find out about that. It's on chabad.org, oblique library, oblique article, um, underscore, cdo, oblique aid, oblique 4126, oblique jewish, oblique htm. Awesome. So Sukkah, October 2nd to 9th, 2020. The seven days of Sukkot celebrated by dwelling in the Sukkah, taking the four kinds and rejoicing are followed by Simchat Torah. Sukkot, when we expose ourselves to the elements in greenery covered huts, 
commemorates God sheltering our ancestors as they travelled from Egypt to the Promised Land. The four kinds express our unity and our belief in God's omnipresence. Coming after the solemn high holidays, it is a time of joy and happiness. The first two days, um, or one day in Israel, are Yom Tov, when work is forbidden, candles are lit in the evening, and festive meals are preceded with Kiddush and contain chala dipped in honey. The remainder of the days are quashi holidays, or quasi, sorry, quashi, quasi holidays. Um, yeah, it's been one of those days, hasn't it? Quasi holidays, known as Chol Hamoed. I'm looking for some kind of like um, interesting words that I'm just like, what, how do I pronounce that? But no, um, it's going fairly good. We dwell in the sukkah and take the four kinds every day except for Shabbat when we do not take the four kinds. Okay, so um, what's the four kinds again? Four kinds expressing our unity. Lulav and Etrog, the four kinds of vegetation are taken every day of the holiday of Sukkot. Why these four and how do we go about doing this mitzvah? Every day of Sukkot, except Shabbat, we take the Abra Minim, also known as the four kinds. Sukkot is a seven-day holiday, starting on the 15th of Tishri and concluding on 21st of Tishri. Um, what are the four kinds? A palm branch, lulav, two willows, aravot, a minimum of three myrtles, hadassim, and one citron, etrog. The first three kinds are neatly bundled together. Your arba minimum vendor can assemble it for you. So there's also like a guide there on how to bind the lulav. Not all sets of arba minimum on the market are kosher. Check with your rabbi and treat your set with TLC, the fragile goods. Arbuminum is a man's obligation. For women, it's optional but encouraged. Best place for doing this mitzah is the sukkah, the outdoor holiday booth. Hold the lulav in your right hand unless you're a lefty with its spine facing you and face east and say, and then it's got what you have to say so you can go and look upon that. And then eventually you will say, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us regarding taking the lulav. And then you pick up the etrog in the left hand and then you have to say a blessing and then bring the lulav and the etrog together. And that's you, you have done the mitzvah. Um, Jewish unity is one of the central themes of Sukkot and the four kinds um, that you hold from this lulav basically symbolize the four types of Jews with differing levels of Torah knowledge and observance. Bringing them together represents our unity as a nation despite our external differences. So in this spirit of unity, be sure to share your Arba minimum with your Jewish friends and neighbors. Okay, that's, that's the same as obviously the different kind of levels. That's very good. With the different levels throughout our awareness and understanding with the ascension as well. That's very good. Okay.